Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Hi, welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. Holy cow. Happy New Year, the first show of the new year. Crazy, right? Merry New Year. What It went super fast this year for some reason. I feel like we were going so quickly doing everything that the year just flew by. Uh, Yeah. Lots of stuff happened. Actually, the same with um the holidays. Did it did it even feel like the holidays happened at this point? Uh, you know, I have four kids, three, five, and under. Everything is a blur, all the time. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know if I'm awake or dreaming this right now. <laughs> I totally get it. I honestly do. Well, m- lucky number seven grandchild came. Um, oh Fox God. Caleb is here today, or was here yesterday, actually. That's awesome. Congrats. Thanks. Good. He's he's great. I mean, I I can't even begin to tell you what it's like to have seven grandkids. It's awesome. It is awesome. And it's, it's just amazing. Great. They're all amazing. I mean, I, my three little girls, my two middles, and then Caleb and his brother. I mean, Fox Caleb and his brother. It's just amazing to have all these grandkids. I'm super, super blessed. Yes, you are. So I'm I'm very excited about so wait before we start any craziness happening in your life. Um craziness. No. Not really. So life's been kind of like quiet. Oh, I got new neighbors, but they they seem really really nice, so like super sweet. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice wow, couple. like is it a couple? Yep. Older, younger? Uh, Not old, not young. Okay, middle-aged. Kids? No. Oh. Wow. How long have they been there? A week? Just, yeah, this last couple of days. The funny thing is the landlord put in uh, padding under the rugs, under our carpeting. Uh Uh-huh. Like, if he did that like a year earlier, it might have less issues with the neighbor, but I think he wanted one of us to move out so we can cash oh. in on these, you know, units. Wow. I'm glad that yeah. they're there. I hope it all works out. I'm sure they'll be very, very nice. But you're going to look this year anyway, you said, right? That's the plan. Well, good. I hope the plan goes well. Me too. 
so again, we've got a lot of amazing shows coming up this year. I mean, I just went through the list. We're booked until mid-March and um, the people, the women that are coming on to tell their, their real life lessons are just are blowing my mind, just so you know, blowing my mind. So we're super excited. And we're also going to add something to the One Tough Mother show. Two things. On the website, I've been getting a lot of letters from um, women that have seen our our um, mention in Good Housekeeping magazine. And so I'm going to be posting those life lesson letters on the website. So if you write a letter, your letter is going to be up there. Awesome. And we're going to get a Google number so that you can call in and leave a voice message for us. And then Seth and I can respond to it when we do the show. That'd be fun. Won't that be fun? I'm excited about that. So those are two things that are going to change this year. There's going to be a lot going on. Um, again, we have amazing guests coming and I can't wait for it to get started. So let me start off with this week's guest. Today's guest has been on our show, I don't know, about, I guess about six months ago. And because of the world of motivation and inspiration that her books deliver to others, I asked her, in fact, Seth and I asked her to please come back to start off our new year right. And she is the first show of the new year, which I'm super excited about. Amy Newmark is a bestselling author, editor-in-chief, publisher of the Chicken Soup of the Soul book series. Since 2008, she's published more than 150 new books, most of them international bestsellers in the U.S. and Canada, more than doubling, doubling people, the number of the Chicken Soup for the Soul titles in print today. She's also an author of Simply Happy, a crash course of Chicken Soup of the Soul advice and wisdom. Her newest book was like a slam dunk for me. Her newest book, I wanted to be the topic of the new year. The best advice I ever heard, 101 stories of epiphanies and wise words. Just seemed perfect to be the first show of our year. It's with great pleasure, honor, and such great friend that we welcome back to the One Tough Mother show, our friend, Amy Newmark. Happy New Year, Amy. Happy New Year to you, and I'm thrilled to be talking about what I see as New Year's resolutions that you can make to replace the ones you made a week ago, <laughs> these New Year's resolutions will be ones that you can actually achieve. Yeah, I, you know what? I read through probably half of them by now, and I just, there's so many that I loved, but I have to, I have to ask you, so like, what was the catalyst for this book? Because you have so many books out there and so many titles. What was the beginning thoughts or beginning sparks with this one? So I was talking to my team, all of my editors, about how much we're all influenced by the stories that we publish and how sometimes there's just a phrase in a story, you know, a few wise words that cause us to have an epiphany and do something differently. And it could be something really big and life-changing, or it could be something really small, like somebody saying something that makes us say, you know what, I am going to make my bed every morning before I go to work because it matters. And so we've, we've always talked about how there are some stories that just reach deep inside us and make us change our behavior. And then those changes stick, which is really great. And so I thought about the fact that it only takes a few words to change everything for someone. And I thought, I've gotten so much great advice from our stories. Let me put together a book 
where we have 101 people talk about the best advice they ever heard and share that best advice with our readers because I'm pretty sure that out of 101 stories, everybody will find 10 or 20 that reach deep inside them and cause them to change something. And even those little changes really make you feel great. Like making my bed every morning makes me feel so much better. And I got that from a chicken soup for the soul story that we published about a year ago. So things like that really matter. And so we had, oh my gosh, thousands and thousands of submissions for this book because we actually started collecting for it five or six years ago. And wow. it took a while. Yeah, it took a while for me to decide exactly when I was going to put this out. And originally I was going to put it out for the season that's called New Year, New You, you know, like put it out right after Christmas. Right. But then people were so excited about it. We decided let's publish it in early November so that we have it out for Christmas and then carry it over into New Year's. And it was such a good decision because we ran out of stock almost immediately. And we actually were back ordered um, by Christmas. We were not filling all of the demand we had from stores. The book was immediately on the self-help bestseller list starting the very first week it came out. But now we've caught up and we have replenished the shelves and the stores and there's wide availability again, even though it had been sold out many places right before Christmas. I can imagine. I mean, what a great Christmas gift. What a great Christmas gift it is to give someone inspiration, to give someone motivation, to give someone a feeling of, wait, maybe it's not just me. Other people feel the same way and this is how they tackled it. It was amazing. This was an amazing decision. Well, it was great. And I, I gave a copy to the producer of the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast um, back in early December. And he took it, I guess he took it to spend time with his mom. And he said he and his mom were reading the stories over the Christmas holidays. And his mom started putting into practice some of the advice um, and so I was really thrilled to hear that because that's the objective is to really give people some action. I guess I, what it would, I, guess I would call them action points, you know, things right. that you can immediately put into action, which I love for the new year because even if you are on that diet to lose 10 pounds and you're going to do it slowly and steadily the way it's recommended, it's going to take you three months or six months to lose those 10 pounds and so you don't get that immediate gratification. But with these stories in the best advice they ever heard, you can put them in place immediately and feel that satisfaction immediately. Right. I, you know what? There, there were so many great ones. You know, let's step back for just a second. Let's look at storytelling. The art of storytelling is just so powerful. And I think because of technology, people keep forgetting that. And I'm so thrilled that you, you stay on top of that and, and you brought and you bring that back and you bring that that fulfilling part of life into your books because i mean i get um so many emails and stories that people want to share and i can't possibly share them all on my show i over the holidays i've must have gotten like 12 just really inspirational heart-wrenching and how someone made it through the death of a child and these stories are just tremendous. And the fact that the Chicken Soup of the Soul series, the brand itself, lends itself to feeling warm and, and home and 
comforting and, and motivational. Do, do you feel that way when you're doing this? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, I'm 61 years old and I could just check it all and travel the world now and visit our four children and our grandchild. And instead, I come to work every single day. And it's because I'm so pumped up about what we're doing. And our whole team is like that. We love what we're doing. I mean, we were working, we work every weekend because we want to. And it's because sharing these stories is very fulfilling and fun. And we love reading the stories and it's made us better people. We all know how much we've changed because of reading thousands of Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. And we managed to publish more than a thousand stories every year to share with the public. And it's a wide variety of stories from a wide variety of people. And you meet people in our books who you would never otherwise meet in your life. Right. I've learned so much about the whole United States and Canada from reading the stories that come in from all the states and all the provinces. And I feel better traveled as a result, sitting here yeah. in front of my computer. But I really feel like I have a greater understanding of you know, the US and Canada and all the different kinds of people. And also, it makes you feel so much more gratitude for what you have when you read these stories from people who have been through horrible, horrible downs, but then they talk about their ups, you know? Right. And, and they are so strong and so resilient and and they don't pity themselves. Honestly, if we get a story from somebody who's pitying himself or herself, we just don't publish it. We, right. we publish stories from people who are strong and outward looking and who want to share these, these experiences to help other people who come behind them who have the same experiences. So if somebody has lost a loved one and they're grieving, they give us a story about how they handled it and how they came out of it and how they dealt with every day. And then we publish those stories and those help people. And then we have tons of stories that help people with really happy things like the birth of a grandchild or planning for a wedding or going on a vacation. I mean, it's, we, we share everything from life's worst downs to life's most positive ups. I love that. And I love that about the series and the brand itself. And I think to myself, when, when I'm reading through these stories and I, and I know like the amazing things you've done oh, since 2008, I mean, you're talking, you know, a long time to sit and read. You read so many pieces of so many people's lives. That has to be just so, I don't know, to me, it seems just it's overwhelming to have been, it's like you're involved in thousands and thousands of lives because you know from the inside how they felt they because when i get my stories from people i read it and i think i'm now involved in this person's life because i know how they felt at the time yeah and it prepares you for when you might be going through the same thing i was actually diagnosed with cancer back in the fall and because of reading through all these thousands of stories from other women who had cancer i was prepared and I went into the whole process so much stronger than I would have if I hadn't read all of their stories. And I also went in not feeling sorry for myself because I thought, well, these, all these other people have done it, so I can do it too. And I went into it with a feeling of strength and resilience and gratitude. 
And so it's really helped me a lot to have read all of these stories prior to going through my own experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm so grateful to hear the sound of your voice, the way you sound and what you're saying, because so many of my girlfriends have cancer and I deal with so many women that have cancer. They really, that's why we call it the tough mother army. They really draw from each other's experiences and what did work, what didn't work, how you felt, why you can feel that way, why you can't feel that way. And that's what you're saying, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely helped me and I do not feel sorry for myself. I just feel more like, well, it's my turn now. Yeah. Yeah. And are you doing well now or? I am. I just went back to my weight training place today. I'm seven weeks post-surgery and they were amazed at what I could still lift and push with my legs, et cetera. Oh, <laughs> like great. I'm, Congratulations. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm coming through this really, really well. I am wearing a hat for the first time to the office because I'd say about 10% of my hair fell out. Right. That, that started yesterday. But, <laughs> but anyway, look, I know all these other women went through it, so I'm going to do it too. Oh, yeah. And you are one tough mother, Amy. You are. You've, we, you've lived a life that's full and, and you've had your ups and downs and, and you, you'll get through this. And it's inspiring for the women that read the books and that will hear this. Because for some reason, people think of a, a celebrity or, a, or, or someone that's in the public eye as untouchable. And so untrue. So, so very untrue. We go through the same things. You go through the same things. Celebrities go through the same things. Regular people do. They just may not speak about it as openly. Or may, it, you may not know it, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm choosing to speak about it. In, the, in a matter-of-fact way because it's just one more thing that I have to do. Right, exactly. Well, we, of course, we wish you the best. So let's talk about, holy cow, this is all I could say, getting thousands and thousands of stories. Where do you start and how do you choose? Well, we talk about each book before we start and what we're looking for, but then we really let the stories tell us because we don't want to go into it with a preconceived notion. So we started with the best advice I ever heard as the topic. And then we said, let's see what themes emerge. And that is how we'll come up with the chapters and, you know, the main subtopics. And so I have a whole team of people who have themselves read many thousands or even tens of thousands of chicken soup for the soul stories. So they know what makes good storytelling and they read through the five or 6,000 submissions that we had, and then narrowed it down to several hundred finalists for me to look through. And then I kind of feel like a college admissions counselor. We had to leave a lot of good ones out because some of them were the same as other ones, but we finally made those tough choices and narrowed it down to 101. And that's what we published. And I am so excited about this book. It's a new topic for us, and it was long in the making, and I think it's the perfect thing for Chicken Soup for the Soul to be doing, to be sharing the best advice that all these different people have heard. You know, and I tell me a couple of your favorites. I, tell me what a couple of the stories that you really identified with or you thought was really going to hit home or were gonna, you know, was going to be a home run for people to read. What were a couple of those? So there's one that, um, that I really love, and I had heard this story from J.C. Sullivan, and I actually went to her and I said, 
I want you to write the story for the best advice I ever heard because I love what you did. So what happened to JC was that she was working in banking, you know, a nice high paying job, but she was miserable. She hated being a banker and she kept complaining to her brother, Sean. And finally he had heard enough of her complaints and he said, I just can't take this anymore. I don't want to hear all this complaining. Imagine that you just won the lottery. What would be the first thing you'd do? And that just cut through everything. And she blurted out, oh my God, I would move to Italy. And then she started saying, but I can't because I don't have the money and I have to pay off credit card debts, you know, yada, yada, yada. And Sean said, put the money aside, put the money worries aside. What would you do if you won the lottery? And, and so she realized that it was only the money that was keeping her from pursuing her dream. And so that imaginary lottery win ended up turning into a real trip to Italy because she actually then started saving. She put her credit cards in the freezer, which I don't even understand why that works. But people, <laughs> for some reason, put their credit cards in the freezer. And she paid off all her debt and she you know, six months later, resigned from her job and she moved to Italy and she lived in Italy for a long time. And then she left Italy and she started traveling the world. And now she's an actress and she does all these fun things. And by using that imaginary lottery win, she keeps in touch with what she really wants to do each time she decides to make a change in her life because that removes money from the equation and makes money no, no longer an obstacle. So I love that if you're saying to yourself, I'm dissatisfied, I don't like what I'm doing or whatever, say to yourself, what would I do if I won the lottery? And I said it to myself. I said, what would you do if you won the lottery? And I realized that the very day after I won the lottery, I would go back to work right. and I would not change a thing. And I said, okay, I'm doing the right thing. But what a great way to check on whether you're doing the right thing with your life. It's so, it's so true because, and it's so, money is such a monster that lords itself over us. I mean, it's, it, it's inevitable for everyone sometimes to feel overwhelmed by it because you can't live without it. You just can't. And people are like, well, you know, you got to do the way you, what's in your heart. There's sometimes there's a step. Sometimes there's a process. And that's what she did. She took steps and there was a process and she made that manageable. And it's such a great lesson. Yeah, I love it because it really is such an easy way to check on how you're doing and what your goals should be. And then there's another story that I really loved. It was by Sarafina Drake, and she always considered like what, what could go wrong. You know, she called them the what ifs. So instead of taking chances, she would just say to herself, well, what if such and such happens? I, I can't take that risk. And then she went out on a girl's night out and there was this really good looking bartender at the restaurant. And so they started texting each other and then he asked her out and then she thought, no, I can't do that because something could go wrong. And then she had seen one of those inspirational quotes on Instagram or some kind of social media. And it said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And it, that's a really simple question. What would you do if you weren't afraid? And then she realized if she eliminated fear from the equation, so J.C. Sullivan eliminated money from the equation, you know, by her imaginary lottery win. Sarafina eliminated fear from the equation 
and realized, well, of course I would go out with the cute bartender. And so she eliminated fear. She texted him back. She actually went to the bar alone to see him. And they've been together now for two years. And she said, if I hadn't cast fear aside that night, I would have missed out on the love of my life. Wow. So those are both really wonderful ways to start the new year and get some clarity on what you need to do to enjoy your life more fully. Absolutely, 100%. I know when I was reading through, one of the ones that I really, it wasn't so much the story, but it was just this, the, the context of the story was nothing changes if you change nothing. And oh, yes. That That's is so one. big to me because I hear this all the time. I mean, people be like, well, you have a show or you did this or you did that. And it didn't just drop in my lap. Like things didn't fall out of the sky. I had to make dramatic changes in my life, which you've had to do, which almost everybody that has gone a little bit further, done a little bit more of what they've wanted to do in life has to do because nothing changes, nothing, unless you make a change. Yeah, that was Grace Jean. And so she had, she was depressed and she had an eating disorder and she had had these problems for years. She had been to rehab and had been through all kinds of therapy and and she would just sit around wishing, hoping that things would change. And then somebody at work said to her, nothing changes if nothing changes, which on the surface sounds like a nothing piece of advice, right? But then when you really think about it, Grace realized she had to take some personal responsibility. She couldn't just sit around and wish. She had to make changes. And so she started making real changes in her life. And then her life did change. And so I thought that was another great one. That's such a great example of, what is that? Five words, nothing changes if nothing yeah, changes. Right? Five words that changed somebody's life. Yeah, and change. You, it's so weird because when you think about it, it's so simplistic and so basic, but it's so true because there's this, where people are saying to me, well, I'm manifesting this or I'm manifesting that will happen. That's all well and good because you have to wholeheartedly believe in what you're doing. You have to just grasp it, hold on to it, and really deep, deep down in your heart and soul believe that it's going to happen. But there has to be changes to make that happen. Oh, my gosh, yes. Like the people who took this, the secret, you know, on its face and like sat on the couch and visualized a million dollars. Right. It wasn't going to change anything. You can't just sit on the couch and visualize a million dollars. You have to do something. Right. It's so crazy because, and I, I don't, you know, I'm never, I'm not putting down or, or not having a negative thought about people who say they're going to manifest things. But the reality of life is nothing changes unless you change something because it's, I mean, of course things happen to you. You know, you could have a car accident. You could get a lottery ticket and win a lottery. You could, there's so many, but you made a change somewhere to get to that point, right? Yeah, you have to actually, it's fine to do the vision board or all of that, but then you have to think about the steps you're going to take to reach that goal that you have on your vision board. When I was writing my Simply Happy book and I didn't really know where to start, um, somebody gave me great advice. She said, I want you to sit down and write the book reviews that you want to see for your book. Oh. And so she, I sat down and I wrote like 10 fictional book reviews that I wanted somebody to say about my book. And then that told me what my book should be about. That's a great, that's great, great advice. 
great advice. Yeah, I should have put that in this book. I didn't that, think about that. that I'll save nice. that for the second edition. Yeah. The <laughs> save that one because that's amazing advice. Because when you think about it, all of those things, when you hear them, they, you know, your day is busy, your life is going full force, and they kind of filter in and out of your head. But when you write something down, when you take positive action to write something down or to, to implement something, it, it sticks with you, right? Oh, absolutely. And we have, you know, we have advice in this book that's not as major. I mean, you and I have talked about the super life-changing ones, but there's also other pieces of advice just to make your life more fun, right. more interesting, more spontaneous. So there's that too, because you could have a perfectly wonderful life, but maybe you just need to add a little something. Like we had a story um, from this woman who had seen one of those plaques that said, you know, life is uncertain, eat dessert first. Right. And then she was going through a really hard time. Um, it was Diane Perone, just to give her credit for her story. And when she went through this really hard time, her friends started taking her out for meals because they knew she couldn't afford to go out herself. And she started ordering dessert first every time she went out. And it became a tradition with her friends and family. And now she's you know, totally back on her feet, has been for years. But she still orders dessert first whenever she goes out. I love that. Love and she said it's not really about eating sweets. It's really about just shaking things up and being spontaneous and being willing to go against convention, right? Because it takes a little courage to go into a restaurant and eat dessert first. But what a great way to challenge ourselves, right? We should all just say, the next time I go out, I'm going to order dessert first. I love once in a while, you have to do something that's a little embarrassing, a little different, a little bit scary, right? Oh, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Well, Amy, I, tell me, you've got to have, 2019 sounds like it's going to be like, not that any of the other years won't banner years, but there's so much going on in the world and so many things and so many women coming forward and sending us stories and talking to us and ready to, to reveal things in their lives that are just like, were kind of brushed under the carpet or kind of put in a closet or not spoken about. So 2019 has to be just amazing for you when you're looking forward, right? Yeah, I have um, nine books on the schedule right now, nine books for sure. And then we'll be adding probably a couple more books. And I have um, a couple, well, I mean, I'm excited about all of them. Like we have one coming out um, tomorrow that I know is going to be a bestseller, but I have a couple I'm doing with celebrities. Um, so I'll tell you about those two. One of them is coming out in June. I'm doing it with Dean Carnassus, who's one of the most famous runners in the world. He's this right. crazy ultra marathoner. And that book is called Running for Good because it's the good you do to your body. And it's also running for all those different, you know, nonprofits. Right. And then another one I'm doing, it's coming out in late August, doing it with Deborah Norville. And this will be, I think, the fifth book we've done together. And it's going to be called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Think Positive, Live Happy. And it's all about gratitude and positive thinking and all of these ways that you can just basically talk yourself into being a happier, more successful person because fake it till you make it really works in terms of having a positive attitude. And so we're going to be presenting all kinds of stories from people who used positive thinking and gratitude 
and forgiveness and all of these positive attributes to improve their lives no matter what they were going through. I, I love Devin Nor Deborah Norvell. Anyway, I love her. And I think that book is going to be just amazing too. Both of them sound really, really fun. And really, I think they'll be fabulous. I, I'm just so, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud that I get to speak to you about these and we get to announce these on the show. Because again, I think there's so many women out there. Well, I know that there's so many women out there that listen that, that really feel like, hey, I have a story in me or I have something in me that can help others. And I think whether they're ever published or whether they just send, you know, us an email or they send you an email, whatever the case is, I feel like it's just part of communication and becoming part of the human race, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if people want to contribute to us, go to chickensoup.com and scroll down to the bottom of the homepage and click on submit your story. And then you'll see how you too can submit a story and become a published Chicken Soup for the Soul author. Oh my gosh, that's such, yeah, again, go tell them again where they can do this. Go to chickensoup.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage and click on submit your story. And then we'll guide you through the whole process. That's so amazing. Well, again, Amy, thank you so much for your time. And, and you know that, that you're in our hearts and in our prayers. I'm, I'm You're one tough mother. You're definitely in the one tough mother army. So I know that this fight for you will be successful and you'll pull through it. And then you'll have this amazing story to share with others. And I can't thank you enough for being the first guest on the new year. 2019 is going to be a banner year for everyone. And I'm just super excited that you got to break it in with us. Well, thank you very much. And uh, congratulations on having a new grandchild. Oh, thank you. Yeah, new grandson. He's lucky number seven. So I'm like, holy cow. Somebody said, it's a funny story. Somebody said to me the other day, are your kids rabbits? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, it's okay. You know, don't say. But thank you, Amy. Please, please come back to us anytime that you have something you want to speak about. And you're always welcome. And have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back. And excitingly, we have headlines and headaches, the first of the year. OMG. Unbelievable. So exciting. Karen, what do you think is the worst password that's used? Karen. I'm here. What are the worst passwords ever? That's what I'm asking you. What do you think is the worst one ever used? Um, worst one ever used? Probably one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five, six. Ah. Digits. Yes. Um, password is second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight was uh, knocked to fourth place by one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, nine which climbed three spots to third place. One, two, three, four, five in fifth place. We got one, 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 one. Sunshine, Princess, six, five, four, three, two, one, and Donald. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Splash data estimates 10% of people have used at least one of the list top 25 passwords. Ugh. You know what? I, I, you know what? Go ahead. Passwords. Uh, what? I constantly am like, you have to have passwords for so many different things. It's it's just uh, there's somebody's got to come up with some device that you can keep all your passwords in one place and nobody can get to them. They have that. Oh, they do. There's apps that hold passwords and stuff like that. 
I don't want a nap. I want something else. All right. Uh, you can write them in a little note piece of notepaper and put it in a little lockbox, okay? Yeah, that's basically what I've done. Here, I have a good password for you to use. 8675309. There you go. See? I'll never forget it. I got it. Got it. Okay. I led you right into it. You did. Got your number on the wall. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> Age group dominating startups. The most entrepreneurial amongst us are not, as might be expected, millennials. The Kaufman Index of Startup Activity has found that in the U.S., those in the 55 to 64 age group are leading the way when it comes to startup activity. Go, old people. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Building on their life and work experience, senior entrepreneurs make up more than half of the U.S. small business owners. And after five years, 70% of those ventures are still operating compared with just 28 of those run by younger entrepreneurs. Yeah, you little snot-nosed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, learn a lesson. I, I think it's cool. Come on, people. Like, start new things. You know, just because you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, Colonel Sanders, isn't it? Was in his 70s. Badass. It's great. Important. Um, you know, sometimes you got to reinvent yourself. It, there's no reason you can't start something at any age. Yes. Get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Whoa. That's deep. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. All right. So that's cool. Let's move on. When your friend is promoted over you, you should kill them. No, it doesn't say that. Uh, <laughs> instead of letting disappointment get the best of you, focus on shifting your perspective, argue yells Emma Sapana and Christina Bradley. Your friend just received good news. Be happy for them. Also, having an advocate at their new, more senior level may help you at work. And remember, not receiving a promotion may have little to do with your, you or your abilities. Several factors go into the decisions, many of them outside your control. Well, I can tell you, Karen, that my boss just got promoted. Oh, he did? Yeah, and I was actually really happy for him. Yeah, but you haven't worked with him that long. I know, but I'm on his team. I think it's good. if he's Now he's a senior VP at Showtime, and I'm on his team. That, that's a good thing. Oh, that's an excellent thing. Yes. But you know what? I can feel I can feel for people who's like worked with somebody for a really long time. You're on the same level and you're friends and they get promoted over you. Here's Sometimes the, it stinks. Karen, here's the deal. If you don't like your position or what's going on at work, find another job. Right. Yeah. Nothing changes unless you change it. Boom. Now we can put that to bed. Okay. When to abandon your career plans right after your friend gets promoted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> While having a long-term career plan is important, there are times when a rethink might be needed. For instance, if your job is impacting your well-being or no longer gives you a sense of pride, then it might be time to reassess. Your reputation is also a factor. If you find yourself developing a persona at your company or in your industry that you no longer want, it might be time to reinvent yourself and your career. You know what? I agree. Yeah. No, it makes sense. You got to be happy with what you're doing and you got to be yourself. If you find you're not being yourself or not happy, time to adios. Yeah. Adios, amigo. Okay. You know what? And people get, they get like complacent and they're, they get lazy and they're like, oh, you know, I've been doing this forever. I'll stick with it. Then, then don't complain. 
it's true. Or you got your, uh, your, you're vested in the company. you got stock options and all that stuff. It, I've been in that situation. It's tough, but you know, stay confident and believe in yourself. That's it. Mm-hmm. And teachers are quitting in record numbers. I wonder why they don't get paid. Okay. Teachers and public education staff, including community college, faculty, employees, school psychologists, and janitors are fleeing their jobs in record numbers. Uh, the wall street journal reports. Teachers cite puny pay raises, frustration about school budgets and improving prospects elsewhere, thanks to the tighter labor market, as key reasons for their departures. An average of 83 per 10,000 public educators quit in the first 10 months of 2018, the highest rate on record. The number is striking because stability is viewed as a key perk and longevity is typically rewarded. Well, not when you can do wow. better. Be respected. The teachers don't get respect. I just was going to bam. Right out of my mouth, you took those words. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I watched a little Rodney Dangerfield today, so the word respect was in my head. You know what? I'll tell you right now. Parents don't have control over their children like they used to, and they do not teach their children to respect other people. And I'm not saying every parent, but I'm saying I see so many parents that want to be friends with their kids instead of being parents and it's a big mistake i had that conversation with uh, my boss today he has three kids too and we're talking about it's like your kids are not your friends period and how old are his kids they're young they're like seven and yeah now i used to tell my daughter you want friends go to school yep no i was thinking about respect the teachers gonna get respect by their employers either but you're right the kids don't respect the teachers who needs to go and get abused by kids every day. That's no fun. No, and you know what? The parents don't respect the teachers. They think they're the teachers there to raise their children, and the teach the kids don't respect their teachers. It's like if I didn't have kids in the teaching industry, I wouldn't know this. But I feel that they're in different places. They're teachers and or administrators in different areas, and they say the same thing. And you're not allowed to whack kids anymore. You can whack no, them. No, like you can't even like, you know, back in the day. They'd hold, they'd grab you by the ear and pick you up from the desk, or they'd sure. give you a real tongue lashing in front of everybody and embarrass you so you didn't act like that again. Now, forget it. No. Jimmy, why are you throwing things at me? Let's talk about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> get out. I'd be, I'd be like this to school. I'd be like, get out. Oh, I just... totally would be in jail. I'd be pulling kids' ears off their heads right and left. Yeah, like you do to me. Uh, well, let's talk about the dark side of today's hot job market, huh, Karen? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Even as unemployment reaches historic lows, close to 8 million Americans, 55 and over, are either out of work, stuck in part-time jobs, or in positions that did not provide health insurance and pay low wages, the Wall Street Journal reports. Taking a hit, older workers, who were hit particularly hard by the global financial crisis a decade ago, faced an average of 27% pay cut they do find employment after a lengthy job search. Financial fallout, growing expenses, rising debt, and joblessness have exacted a financial toll. A portion of U.S. bankruptcy files, filers over 65 grew nearly fivefold between 1991 and 2016, from 2.1% to 12.2%. That's a lot. A lot. Ouch. And um, pushing ahead, despite a grim picture, many older Americans are hitting the pavement. The share of 55 to 64-year-old new entrepreneurs increased from 15% to 26% between 2016 and 
between 1996 and 2016, like we talked about before. So you got to keep going. Like you can't, you know, you can't wait for, you know, someone to take care of you. Something you got to take care of yourself. Right. And, you know, people, it's funny because I, I really notice now how many older workers there are. Yep. They don't have a choice. Like you go to Walmart or you go to Target or you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or, you know, any place that, that seems like the, the workers are older and older and they don't have a choice. Yeah, it's sad. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Yep, very true. All right. Um, listen, if you want to raise a CEO, adopt a pet. Oh, do not let Melissa see this article. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want to get a pet. You want your kids to be the next Warren Buffett? Buy them a puppy. 93% of C-suite executives grew up with a pet, according to a study by Kelton Research or uh, Banfield Pet Hospital. Further, 70% of big corporate chiefs attribute their success to their childhood furry friend, with almost a quarter saying that their first pet taught them more than their first internship. And it's not just your children that may benefit from owning a four-legged companion. 62% of those surveyed said they become closer to coworkers thanks to pet ownership, and 77% say they've had a big idea while walking their dog. Bingo, and- me. And smoking a joint. Oh, wait, it doesn't say that. No, jeez. Oh, we're starting the new year off just perfect. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big one. You know, first of all, you know, I love my dogs like, like they're kids. And I'm, I'm huge. I mean, dogs have such value to human beings. I mean, their whole goal in life is to make you happy and protect you. And pee on you. And wait, didn't your oldest son want a pet? They all want a pet. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco. Like his dad told him, you want a dog? Go down two houses down. I got a dog. Go pet the dog. <laughs> That's real nice. <laughs> real nice. Yeah, you're just a, you're a dream come true. You get a little more space. The baby gets a little older. We'll consider it. Oh, my God. Well, I think what? when you get your house, I, you definitely have to get them a dog. I'll take one of yours. No. No way in hell. All right. Enough with these animals. (sighs) Now let's talk about my favorite. Is that it for your headlines and headaches? No. Okay. One more. Yeah. Okay. Go. My favorite store in the world. Whole Foods. Plotting a massive expansion. Yes. Oh. Amazon is plotting a significant expansion of the Whole Foods supermarket empire to help boost its strategy of increasing the number of customers within range of its two-hour delivery service, Wall Street Journal says. Development would extend the footprint of Amazon and Whole Foods in the neighborhoods previously not a part of the upscale grocer's plans. Areas being considered include Idaho, Southern Utah, and Wyoming. Whole Foods recently terminated its agreement with uh, Instacart to deliver its groceries as it further integrates Amazon into its stores. You're, Amazon, you're, you'd shop you'd at the Whole Foods, right? Right. I do shop at the Whole Foods. Whole yeah. paycheck. Yeah. There's nothing like There's that. There's nothing like that around, around here. It's awesome. I don't care. It's just Whole Foods is great. Well, I mean, when, you know, I, I, when I go to the city, I, I like to stop at Whole Foods, but I wish they'd have one around here. They just don't. I'll give you a quick Whole Foods story. Okay. I bought the groceries. I popped the, the back of the minivan and I dropped 
two bags of groceries, everything broke and destroyed. Oh. I went back in the store. They replaced everything for me. Really? Yep. Wow. When was that? Uh, a couple of years ago. They, they're they very, very big on customer service. I also got food poisoning from coffee, and they sent me 100 bucks. That's really nice. Yeah. Jeez. So, I love well, I, I guess they're ready. I mean, I guess they're really doing it the right way because God knows customer service is very far and few between in most places. Oh, no. That's that's one of their key things for sure. Well, again, we want to thank Amy Newmark. I mean, an amazing, amazing book. Uh, we're always thrilled to have Amy on. She has a lot of inspira inspirational things to say. Her, her books, uh, The Chicken Soup of the Soul series, is, is just amazing. We love it. And we thank Amy for being our first show of the year. And today, Yay. yeah, thank you, Amy. And today's mother says is, be ready to pay the price of your dreams. Free cheese can only be found in mousetraps. So what, if it's too good to be true, it probably is? Yep. So uh -huh. be ready to pay the price of your dreams. Free cheese can only be found in mouse traps. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. There's a lot of new things happening at the One Tough Mother Show. We'll give you the number where you can call in as soon as we get it and leave your messages. And, Seth, have a fabulous week. You have a better one, Karen. Thank you, dude. Talk to everybody soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.